Tom Brady keeps on yelling at everybody on the Buccaneers sideline. I had a great talk with Justin Jefferson in the locker room, asking him if NFL players are doing the gritty a little too much this season. And we're going to get into some really big talk with Jim Ursay calling out Dan Snyder in a bit. But welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. Uh, Tyler, we've seen something really unprecedented happen this week with an NFL owner calling out another, and not even just calling out, but to say that there is merit for this owner to lose their team. Uh, Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay uh, publicly called out Washington's Dan Snyder um, this week during NFL meetings in New York. Ursay said, quote, I believe there is merit removing him as owner of the commanders. Ursay even went on to say that he believes 24 owners total, so maybe 23 more, including him, would be in favor of voting Dan Snyder out as owner of the Washington Commanders. Uh, Tyler, this is a, a huge deal in NFL news. We've seen last week alone Jerry Jones spoke in favor of Dan Snyder. We've seen Dan Snyder come out with numerous statements in the past week or two alone saying he's not hiring private investigators to snoop through other NFL owners or other people. He's never done such things. Uh, you know, he lambasted the Ursa comments here this week as well through Washington media. Um, Tyler, what's your whole stance on this situation? Do you think Jim Ursay is correct here that the owners finally want to take a stand and get Dan Snyder out of the NFL? So it is telling that Jim Ursay said this publicly because that lets me to believe that multiple owners feel this way because he felt comfortable uh, saying uh, that, you know, publicly. And, you know, Jerry Jones, it has been reported that he's on the side of Dan Snyder. And there's been several reports that a lot of other owners want Dan Snyder out the league. And Jim Irsay is one of them, obviously. But my biggest takeaway um, from his whole uh, statement is there are multiple owners that want Dan Snyder out the league because he didn't just say that, you know, off the cuff and didn't have any conversations with multiple owners from across the league. Um, He's just a spokesperson. And he's the guy that went out there and was comfortable enough to be in, right out in front, the face of this, and say there's merit for him to get out the league. So, you know, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I can see Dan Snyder, um, you know, being forced to sell the team sooner rather than later. The owners, a lot of them, seem to be quietly forcing his hand. Yeah, this is this is a really crazy situation because we've seen just Daniel Snyder run rampant as an owner, right? Um, you know, there for for so many years there have been reports out of Washington, um, you know, with regards to workplace culture, um, the way that women are treated inside that facility, the way women, you know, coming into the facility to work as either media or something else have been treated. Um, you know, just a, a really, really toxic culture of what the NFL does not want and what any workplace environment does not want. Right. Um, and, and it just doesn't even lead to the workplace stuff. It's, you know, actual like, you know, people going on trips out of the country to have lewd behavior, um, you know, kind of hidden away from the public eye and things like this, too. So. Um, what Dan Snyder has done as the owner of Wash- the Washington football team, um, it hasn't put NFL owners in the right light. Um, you know, all the NFL owners, there's 32 of them, yes, but 
they all kind of, you know, live in the same group, right? It's a really, really exclusive club. It's hard to get into it. We just saw the Broncos just sold for a boatload of money to the Walmart family, right? So these jo- these these positions don't come open often. Ownership of NFL teams don't come across often. And the hard part is here is Daniel Snyder. This is his money too. You know, this is his livelihood. This is what he um, brings to that Washington area. You know, you see people um, are, are not a big fan of him, including those who live in the DMV, you know, area of, of uh, you know, of DC and, and where the team is. And um, you never really get to see the point where NFL owners are like, you're going to sell the team. You're going to sell the team. Well, I'm going to profit all this money if I sell the team, but there's still so much profit to have while owning the team as well. So this is something to look at and, and, and continue to monitor. We've been monitoring Dan Snyder's moves and all the things that have come out of his organization um, for the last year, for the last years, definitely at USA Today, Tyler. Um, but Jim Mercy said something in particular. He said he doesn't expect a vote on Daniel Snyder to happen for him to be voted out during the league meetings this week in New York. But maybe during winter meetings later this year, a vote could be had. Yeah, and I, I want to say one other thing. I know uh, Dan Snyder's uh, released some statements denying all the reports. Uh, I don't believe him at all. <laughs> if uh, those, uh, if he, you know, had any sort of credibility, and those reports were false, I, I think they're grounds for him to file a lawsuit for defamation. <laughs> but you know. He knows uh, deep down that there are a whole lot of truths and the multiple allegations that have come out, the reports. So he's just just category denying that's all he's going to do, especially that letter to the NFL owners denying that, you know, he uh, had spies. Come on. I don't believe him at all. I'm sure you agree with uh, me, Safa. It just seems like he's just trying to cover his own butt and – He's basically lying and just trying to let this uh, situation just go run away from the wayside. But come on, he needs to be out of here. Yeah, look, and then Washington and the football club is under investigation. That includes uh, Dan Snyder. Um, The investigation is being held by Mary Jo White, the former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, um, who's working with the NFL on a bunch of investigations, it seems, right? Um, But this investigation into Washington's, um, you know, alleged work placements, conduct and financial improprieties under Snyder um, in the last couple of years, too. So there's an NFL investigation that's ongoing that is going to have a real public report. Mary Jo White is going to work on this as long as Roger Goodell and the owners want her to work on this, pretty much. Um, there's going to be a report out. Hopefully it's very, very thorough. Um, but who knows what this could lead to for Dan Snyder and his fate as Washington owner. It feels like we just keep talking about him, talking about him, nothing has happened. But maybe, maybe, Tyler, we might, uh, you know, they might be turning a corner on this issue. I certainly hope so. It's a bad look for the NFL and that toxic, toxic workplace environment, not to mention uh, he was, you know, uh, really didn't want uh, the commanders to change their name. Uh, obviously it was a derogatory and demeaning name. He wanted the name to remain the same. He was, you know, very hard headed and bashful uh, and, and, you know, 
that. So I really do think it's time for a change with the Washington Commanders. And Tyler, it doesn't seem like Ursay and Snyder are the only two owners getting into it at the league meetings this week. Reportedly, according to ESPN, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft got into a heated exchange during our owners-only meeting this week in New York. Uh, the topic was about Roger Goodell's contract and um, whether the, commi- the the committee that pays Roger Goodell and decides that will open negotiations for a new contract with them. Jerry has some really uh, uh, tight things that he wants to see done with Roger Goodell's contract. I'm not sure where Robert Kraft stands on this side, but those two got into a little shouting match during league meetings and word got out of about it this week, Tyler. Yeah, I'm sure uh, those two aren't happy about uh, that news being leaked, but that is, you know, my opinion, big news because those are the two most powerful owners uh, in the NFL, you can argue. So that's interesting. And I'm sure uh, Roger Goodell's antennas are up as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they are as well, Tyler. All right, guys. Here's a little bit of my conversation with Justin Jefferson, the Vikings star receiver, who most of you probably picked first on your fantasy boards this year. Uh, He's been doing the gritty dance for several years now, started back at LSU, brought into the NFL. I had a conversation with him in the locker room after we saw Adam Thielen and Dolphins tight end Mike Kosicki do the gritty uh, during the Dolphins-Vikings game. I wondered if we're doing the gritty a little too much. What do you think about the gritties out there today? It's, yeah, it's it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But I, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm just happy that they're doing it. You yeah, know? just uh, just the fact that they're they're doing it gritty, still having the gritty out there. Uh, I like it, but it's it's definitely pretty bad and it's funny. <laughs> okay, so you you're you're about it for laps now, then? Huh? For sure, okay, for sure, okay. for sure. Not everybody can do it great, so yeah. you know, as long as it's the the uh, the fact that they're doing it, you know, it's all about the thought. Not about the fact that they're doing it, but like just the you're gonna put yourself out there to do it and do Facts. it bad, right? On national television, right? <laughs> you think you're gonna stop doing it? You think you're gonna stop, or it's gotta be a point, right? I feel like yeah, but uh, I mean, at this moment, I feel like the gritty is still hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's kids still doing it and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like once it go all the way there, that's when I'm gonna cut it off and do something else. All right, you guys just heard Justin Jefferson's thoughts on the gritty and how much longer we should do this dance moving forward. Uh, Tyler, I want to get your take, man, because Mike Kosicki's gritty during the game on Sunday, the Dolphins-Vikings game, uh, it was long. It was really long. It went from, like, goalposts all the way back to the bench long. Um, and it, it, it's it's so funny, the reaction we've seen from this. Jamar Chase hates it. You know, Mike Kosicki says now he's going to leave it to the professionals. But a lot of fans are really, really happy to see it and get a good laugh out of the situation. You know, how do you think about the gritty, man? We're, we're going to make ourselves a little old here. huh? Some of these people, they shall remain nameless, who have no rhythm, should not be doing the gritty. <laughs> uh, actually, I am going to call out Mike Kosicki. Uh, he's bold enough to try, but his steps were way too long. It's almost like he was running. Like you know what I mean? He, <laughs> I, I don't want. He's like six that. two, six three, man. His, his steps were too long. You got to have some rhythm doing. You got to have some flow. Now, I I, I do uh, like the attempt. You know, it shows some uh, boldness. It shows you know some confidence, but he does not have any rhythm. A lot of a lot of those players, uh, they shall remain nameless. <laughs> don't have any uh, uh, rhythm, but hey. I, 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 I can't knock the F effort. I mean, he's he's trying. 
He's trying. It's really it's really cool because we've seen, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. They started this gritty dance as a celebration for football when they were at LSU, right? Jamar Chase has taken on uh, with the Bengals. Justin Jefferson took new life with it when he joined the NFL and is with the Vikings. It's even on Madden now. He likes to play, you know, as himself on Madden, Justin Jefferson does, so that he can do the gritty dance when he scores a touchdown. I mean, it's really cool how it's kind of infiltrated pop culture. You have so many people doing TikTok videos, other videos from it, kids of all ages doing the video. And I guess it's unfortunate we have too many NFL players doing it because some guys do it great. I love when Jalen Hurts does it. I, lo- I thought it was really cool. Jamar Chase, he-, he pretended like he pulled his hamstring when he did it last week against the Saints. Um, I thought it was really funny when Mac Jones did it during the Pro Bowl, Tyler. I think that was probably one of the best ones. Zach Wilson has some rhythm when he did it. Uh, I think Mike Kosicki did overdo it a little too much both times he tried to do it. It's becoming played out. I have to admit, just like words become played out, dance moves become played out. Like it's getting to the point of like raise the roof. Like <laughs> that's how played out it is getting right now. Like how played out? It, could you see somebody raising the roof right now after a touchdown? Now it is played out. It, we got to stop with the gritty. Let's come up with a new dance. Or maybe bring back the old dance. I like the Dirty Bird from the Atlanta Falcons. Remember the Dirty Bird? Yeah, yeah, I do. I know. Kyle Pitts brought it back. Tyler, I think we both aged ourselves pretty well here. I think it's very known that we lived in the 90s. (laughs) And uh, now we're getting into that get off my lawn age because we're talking about the gritty. Like, let these young boys do the gritty, man. Oh, no, it's fine to do the Some of them should do it, though. But it's become played out. Like, I don't need to see it every (laughs) touchdown. Like, you know, have some variety. Yes, we do. Have some variety. Maybe do a walk or something after a touchdown. What kind of walk are you talking about, Tyler? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tyler, you were putting in double duty in Los Angeles last week. Not only did you cover the Panthers game with the Rams on Sunday, but you covered Monday Night Football as the Chargers beat the Broncos. Uh, I'm sorry you saw so many passes from Justin Herbert without a touchdown, 57, (laughs) uh, in fact. Uh, But double duty in L.A. Uh, Tyler, we saw the Chargers and the Rams both come out with wins. We saw the Panthers, um, you know, kick Robbie Robbie Anderson out the door. Uh, We've also seen Russell Wilson Cook start 10 for 10 and uh, eventually lost that game for the Broncos. Uh, Tyler, what was your biggest takeaway from, from the weekend in L.A.? Man, there were a lot. Um, One, I will go on the positive side for the Rams. Their defense has improved. Um, Their offense still leaves a lot to be desired. However, Matthew Stafford was looking at other players not named Cooper Cup. Uh, Allen Robinson probably had his best game uh, as a Ram. Uh, For the Panthers, they're a dumpster fire right now. (laughs) Uh, you know, on and off the field, you know, that they rely on Christian McCaffrey way too much, almost like the Rams rely on Cooper Cup, but their offense leaves so much to be desired. Robbie Anderson gets kicked out the game. Then he speaks to the media at halftime. Then he's shipped to Arizona the, the very next day. It's, you know, just the Panthers are going nowhere fast and they're probably the worst team in the NFL. I would not be surprised if they had the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. 
Now, the Monday night game, positive side for the Chargers. They can win a game when they played ugly. Uh, Justin Herbert, as you said, did not throw a touchdown pass. This was the first time in 26 games he had not thrown a touchdown pass. The defense has had picked up their level of play. Khalil Mack uh, is playing like the Khalil Mack of old. It's, he's tied for second in the NFL in sacks. Now, as far as the Denver Broncos, could you believe that Russell Wilson only completed five passes after the first quarter? And the game went to overtime, so we had an extra quarter. He only completed five <laughs> passes <laughs> the rest of the game. It was that after a ten for ten start. After a ten for ten start, and you know, I, you know how Safi, you know this when you you covering games and you're at games, you kind of like write down notes and you know get a get a file ready, get it cooking. So I, I had I had after the first quarter, I had a file. Russ Russ is cooking. <laughs> So then I had to change the file. Russ cooks in the first quarter only. <laughs> because it was, he looked, he reverted back to his old ways after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He, he looked overwhelmed, looked like he really didn't know the Broncos' offense. And he's looked like that the whole year. Overwhelmed, not seeing the field well, not uh, reading defenses. There was one where Chargers uh, linebacker uh, Drew Tranquil just blitzed right up the A-gap. Russell Wilson didn't even see him. Like, you're right in front of me. <laughs> he didn't even see him, and he got <laughs> blown up. It, the, the Broncos offense looks – the Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals offense look so bad. They just look lost like they're playing backyard football, just going around, mm-hmm. running through the motions. like if me and you, Safa, went to go play football outside and we're just running, hey, we're, let's draw this play. Let's go. Let's do that. You run deep. You run a slant. You run a fade. That, that's what it looks like. Every play is like – be able to beat know. the Broncos, man. <laughs> just making up plays in the huddle. That, that's what it looks like. So the Broncos, they're a mess right now too. Um, they're one of the worst teams in the AFC. Um, they do have time to turn it around. I will say that they, because they've won two games and they're not – they're only two games out of first place in the AFC West, but the Chiefs and the Chargers are far and away the best teams in the division. And the Broncos. The Chargers? Yes. The Chargers are. The Chargers? Not, I wouldn't say they're on the Chiefs level. Hold on, hold on. I wouldn't say hold they're on the Chiefs yeah. level, but they're mm-hmm. still one of the best teams in the AFC. They're a playoff <laughs> team, definitely. Uh, I don't know about definitely, man. I mean, they state. They, I think the Chargers are going to be a tough out after seeing them against the Browns. And then seeing them kind of hang with the Broncos here and not really take that game away from Denver and, and had to go all the way to overtime to beat them. The Chargers definitely have on a little high alert here. Um, I think they're really going to miss Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater um, for as long as those guys are out. I believe Slater's out for this season. Um, it's just, just and, and we don't know when Keenan Allen is coming back, right? This has been a lingering hamstring injury that has affected the start of his season. If Keenan Allen is available for you from November all the way through the playoffs, great. Um, but it's it, it hasn't been good for the Chargers that they've lost all these injuries and their star players. Um, and it's just been those three guys, right? It's been the core, the, the, the part of the team that's supposed to help them compete with the Chiefs in the AFC West. Um, when I look at the Broncos, man, it's so funny because I was just like you. I was like 10 for 10. And then we saw Russell Wilson. He's running to the locker room at halftime. Then the video, the camera stays on him. 
as they're showing the commercial during the during Monday Night Football, Tyler, and you see Russell Wilson greeting every player of the Broncos in the locker room. And from that moment, I was like, man, all these players must think Russ is so corny, dude. Like, just go in the locker room, get prepared for halftime, and we'll come back out. Instead, Russ is shaking hands like, good job, guys, good job, guys, good job, guys. And I don't think the players want that. I think they might have turned them down. They were like, yo, we don't want to play with you anymore, man. (laughs) You were starting good. It was good. It was good enough that you did good. You didn't have to come and shake our hands now. We don't want you to be corny. We just want you to ball out. There's a big difference between both, right? Um, And just something you said about the Panthers is funny, the, the number one pick. How upset would Matt Rule be that the Panthers get the number one pick the moment he leaves town, right? Like, he's been dying for a number one quarterback the entire tenure that he had in Carolina before he was fired last week. And for the Panthers to go ahead and secure it after he leaves, that would be a sight to see. But I think they might turn it around. I think they might win one game under their interim coach, Steve Wilkes. Which one that will be, I'm not sure because it's going to be a fire sale there, Tyler. It's definitely going to be a fire fire sale. Uh, That kind of leads me into our next topic here. Guys on It's a Football Podcast, Christian McCaffrey. We have so many running backs this off this season, excuse me, Tyler, that are going to be free agents in the offseason, right? It kind of turns the value of what the Panthers can get a player in return for a player like Christian McCaffrey. Usually you'll be able to get a first-round pick, you know, maybe two second-round picks. It depends on the player. Um, but you get a high-value draft pick for a high-value player like Christian McCaffrey. I'm just not sure of the values there because there's so many receivers that are going to be running back, excuse me, that are going to be come available during the offseason, Tyler. Uh, Nate Davis, our colleague at USA Today Sports, wrote a really great piece analyzing some teams that would be in the mix for Christian McCaffrey. Tyler, the list goes Bills, Rams. The Rams are definitely my favorite team. Which team do you think from that list that Nate Davis had, Tyler, is the one that sticks out to you? Well, I'm hearing the Panthers want at least the first-round pick in exchange for Christian McCaffrey, and they're going to have to lower their asking price because I don't believe that they'll get that. Maybe a second-round pick at best. Um, I like him with the Rams. The Rams have a need at running back. Um, That's probably the biggest team that jumps out to me. Uh, The Bills, too. I know the Bills – want him at running back a lot. I see a lot of Bills reporters and fans clamoring for uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, He will be a really good fit over there, give Buffalo embarrassment of riches. Um, So those two teams jump out to me. Um, It would not surprise me if uh, he was moved before the November 1st deadline. Um, He spoke to reporters in the locker room, and he basically, you know, said that it wouldn't be a surprise if uh, he got traded. He said he didn't really know if what was going to happen. He didn't control it, but he didn't adamantly say that he was going to be a Carolina Panther. And then he didn't hear any of the rumors out there. He's heard them. And a lot of those players uh, have heard the rumors of them uh, being traded. Now, I don't think it's going to be a complete fire sale. I don't think they're going to trade uh, DJ Moore. I don't think they're going to trade Brian Burns, but I can see them trading uh, more players than Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Robbie Anderson kind of just had to go right? um, <laughs> because of the sideline tip. And the Cardinals were a great buyer because Marquise Hollywood Brown has a foot injury, um, you know, adding to the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is now coming back from his six game suspension. They needed another receiver, but 
Um, yeah, CMC, the, the price might be a little too high. And I think because everybody knows what the price is um, and what it's going to take, I think they're going to play hardball with the Panthers in a trade for him. Um, so that, that one could probably last all the way till November 1st, knock on wood, as we're reporting the podcast. <laughs> that happens probably this week at our luck. Producer Emily shaking her head on this one. Um, but Tyler, I think, you know, DJ Moore is, is a good player, rookie contract. Uh, Brian Burns, good player, is going to be on the fifth-year deal uh, on his rookie contract next year, too. Do you give up assets like that for what? Why, why would you give up assets like that, right? Unless you're, you know, it, if, if the Carolina is in a true rebuilding process, you already have some players in the mix that will help that mm-hmm. process, and they're already on your team. I'm not sure what the positive sign of getting rid of them is, unless you know you're going to get a player like that in the draft again especially a guy like Brian Burge and, and DJ Moore. Those are two really good young players. They just have not been surrounded by other good young players. I totally agree. Um, the Panthers are obviously in a rebuild, but you need players to build around. And Brian Burns and DJ Moore are players that the Panthers believe that they can build around. Christian McCaffrey, on the other hand, he's the best offensive player on their team, but he does have a lengthy injury history. And the Panthers have to think about you know, they can probably get the most for him. So that's why his name is being shopped around. Listen, I think Christian McCaffrey would not be so injured if he played for the Bills or the Chiefs or maybe the 49ers or even the Rams. Uh, We also have the Broncos, Dolphins, and Washington football team on that list that Nate Davis created. I know you want him to go to Miami. On usatoday.com. You know what? Another running back wouldn't hurt, man. They got a bunch of guys back there. Another (laughs) running back wouldn't hurt, Tyler. All right, guys, we're going to get into one of my favorite segments here on It's a Football Podcast, where Tyler recaps his coaching grades from the week. Uh, Tyler, there was one team and one team only that got an A for their performance this week, and that was Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots coaching staff. You gave them an A after their win on the road over – the Cleveland Browns. Tyler, why did Bill Belichick and company get an A for this game? Well, he's made Bailey Zappi look like the, one of the best rookie quarterbacks uh, in recent uh, memory. He's performing very well uh, this season. What, a 118 passer rating uh, in uh, last week's win? So the way the Patriots have kind of transform their offense their offensive line is playing well their running game has played uh good and the defensive side of the football which we know bill belichick thrives in the cornerbacks are playing well uh my friend matthew judon is playing lights out football my friend matthew judon is playing lights out football and you know i did have to give belichick an a especially because he moved up in a tie for number two all-time uh, in career wins in the NFL. So special shout-out to Bill Belichick for being uh, number two, tied for number two uh, all-time in career wins. Hey, man, Bill Belichick, he's the number two when it comes to coaching. <laughs> Tyler, let's get through your uh, second uh, big grade here. I was very surprised you gave a D-minus. Not just a D and not an F, but a D minus to the Green Bay Packers, who took a loss to the New York Jets. Uh, Second straight loss to a New York team, by the way, too. Tyler, why did 
Matt LaFleur and company deserve a D minus for their loss to the Jets. Well, I really don't like Green Bay's energy the last two games. They have underperformed on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. And when a team underperforms like that, yes, you look at the players, but you have to look at coaching. And Matt LaFleur and the rest of the coaching staff, are they getting this team prepared each and every Sunday? And by the looks of it, their offense doesn't have any identity. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have had six different leading receivers in six games, and their running game hasn't gotten going. And then when you look at the other side of the ball, we know Devontae Adams isn't there on offense. So the defense was supposed to be Green Bay's calling card, and the defense has underachieved as well. So that is why I gave the Packers a D minus. They should have beaten the Giants, and then they should have beaten the Jets at home over the weekend. So a really bad two-game stretch for the Green Bay Packers. Tyler, there's one more team that did worse. There's one team that did worse than the Green Bay Packers, and you have the Arizona Cardinals with an F after week six, taking a loss 19-9 to the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, Tyler, you know the Cardinals really well. You're going to be there Thursday night for their game against the Saints. Why did the Cardinals coaching staff get an F from your grades? They have zero continuity on offense. It is almost like they draw up plays in the huddle as you go. Oh, like me and, and you, just, like me and you. Well, yes, yes. Got it, got it. Kyler Murray, he hikes the ball and is just like he's improving the whole time. Uh-huh. He's running around, seeing who's open. There's no precision passing. There's no timing routes. It's just they're playing on the fly on offense each and every week. Now, maybe, just maybe, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, that will change. But the Cardinals, each and every week, especially this past week, their offense, just no chemistry. They they just can't get anything going. It's like they're making up plays on the fly. (laughs) They're ill-prepared. You just wait wait till DeAndre Hopkins comes back on Thursday night. You think they're going to have some plays (laughs) ready for him, Tyler? DeAndre Hopkins, run a post, go deep, run a slant. That that's it, right? That's it. <laughs> Should be easy enough for the for the Cardinals to figure it out when Hopkins comes back. Look, I think the Cardinals. I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury and and uh, Steve Kime, their uh, general manager. I think their days are numbered. Um, I'm not sure how much longer they're going to last past this season. Um, and if they do last past this season, I'll still be they'll still be on the clock as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Tyler, I I still I I'm going to give the Cardinals an edge here over the Saints at home, or do you think the Saints offense, which has Andy Dalton starting instead of Jameis Winston, which hasn't had Mike Thomas, which hasn't had Jarvis Landry, which had was down to the bare-bones receivers, you think they'll be able to pull it out in Arizona? I have the Cardinals winning. However, I'm not picking that pick with any confidence. <laughs> but I, I know, have the man. Cardinals winning. And again, remember, the Cardinals have still lost eight straight home games. So they haven't mm-hmm. won at home since last season. So, I, I don't know, Sophie. That that alone should be a fireable offense, right, Tyler? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and on the on the other hand, too, I also think Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill maybe just run wild on that team. So, we'll see on Thursday night. That was not a part of our picks, guys. But let's get into our picks for Week Seven. All right. Well. Oh look! Now it's a car horn. Now, now we got some car noises too. Can this all please be in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, look, look, look. The block is hot. 
<laughs> welcome, welcome to Behind the Scenes of It's a Football Podcast. All we want to do is make some picks, but we got a crazy dog. <laughs> oh, we got the horns now. Tyler's not going to bark. We got the horns now. Uh, uh, I think you might have to sit this one out. I, I might have to sit this one out. I am, was so excited about being back on the podcast and being able to read these picks. And I can't even pick my picks. Let's kick off the first game, and you guys can take it from there because I think that there's going to be horns again in a second. <laughs> Let's start off on Sunday with the 1 p.m. game. We're going to go with the Lions at the Cowboys. Safed, what do you have in this game? Ooh, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one, Tyler. Look, Cooper Rush has had two rough games. I'm not sure if Dak is coming back. He might be. He may not be. Maybe they do an extra week. But if that comes back, I still like them against Detroit. Detroit scores a lot, but they also give up a lot of points on, on defense, while as they haven't gone up against defense like the Cowboys. I'm taking Dallas, although Detroit could be a surprise off coming off a of bye week. Well, while Emily is sounding like she is a recording in the middle of a Dallas freeway, I will pick <laughs> the, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Lions. I mean, I – I think Dak Prescott is probably coming back. We know what Micah Parsons can do. The Cowboys lead the NFL in sacks. I think they're going to get after Jared Goff. And the Lions, come on. It's the Lions. It's it's the Lions. Just trying to have my window open for some fresh air, and it's not working out in my favor. Let's move on to another NFC East team. Uh, The surprising 5-1 Giants at the Jaguars. Tyler, what do you see from this game? I almost want to pick the Jaguars, but I'm not. You're not. They're two and four. They're not good. This mm. game is an easy pick too. The, the the Giants are five and one. Are they that good? The this game is an easy pick to so the Giants, I have to give Brian Dayball some credit. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. probably the coach of the year right now entering over Nick seven. Sirianni yes. over Nick Sirianni uh, th- that is close both of them I, both of them they're they're you can't have a coach they're the lead they're the two leading candidates for coach of the year I really like though what Brian Dayball is doing because the Giants don't have a roster as good as the Philadelphia Eagles when you look at their personnel they should not be sitting five and one right now but they are Saquon Barkley has a looks like he drank the fountain of youth has a resurgence year. He's playing excellent football. That defense is playing well. I didn't expect them to beat Baltimore, but yeah, they're winning this week. Tyler, the Giants have won three in a row. The Jaguars have lost three in a row. But I'm taking Jacksonville at home, Tyler. I'm taking Jacksonville at home. They got the better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence over Daniel Jones. But I do have to do a quick shout out to Brian Dable, my bald brother with the beard. Always, always shouting those guys out. He is a coach of the year candidate. I have no idea how he's doing this without Kadarius Tony, without Kenny Galladay. You're taking the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. It's working. But I think the Giants are due for a loss, and I think the Jaguars are more so due for a win. So I'm picking Jacksonville. An upset there. All right, let's move on to the 405 game. It is the Jets hot off that victory against the Green Bay Packers, um, which we're not so certain about, but. Uh, I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. I guess uh, that speaks Ooh. for itself. We'll go with the Jets at, well, we already talked a lot about Russell Wilson, the Broncos, but Safed, who are you taking in this game? Oh, so this is a this is a game too, Tyler, which I was not comfortable picking because shout out to Gang Green. Shout out to all the New York talk we're having. 
here on the on the podcast. I'm also wearing green. It might be Eagles green, might be Jets green. It's money green for sure, Tyler. You know how we do it, right? Uh, the Jets have won three in a row. The Broncos have lost three in a row. And I'm sticking with my logic again, Tyler. I'm picking the Broncos and Russell Wilson to pull through with the win at home over the Jets. I don't know why I'm doing these New York teams dirty. Maybe I'm really transformed into being a Floridian from Miami instead of being a kid from New York. But I'm picking the Broncos at home. I think they're going to be due for a win as well. I just saw the Broncos play football. Um, (laughs) um, They looked okay. They looked good in the first quarter. Yeah, after the first quarter, uh, they reverted back to their old ways. Um, Russell Wilson completed five passes. (laughs) Five passes. I should should change my pick, huh? I should change my pick. And we're forgetting they were without their best running back who's out for the season. They're without their best left tackle who's out for the season. Mm I'm pick, I'm picking the Jets. I'm picking the Jets. The Jets. You're wearing Jets green too. Uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing money green, Eagles green, Eagles green. Not a. Oh okay. Shout out to the Eagles who uh, we have not talked about this week because they're on a bye. We haven't really talked Six about them much on this podcast. Maybe we need to give Philly some love at some point, but not today. Let's go to a game that I'm really not sure which way Tyler's gonna go here. But this is the 425 game. We've got the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. At the mm-hmm. 49ers. It's better than that way. Wow. Tyler, do you do you want to add anything else to that for this game? A tie, maybe? 49ers lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, they have improved this year. Uh, I like what they're doing down there in the A, but come on. Come on. Y'all know who I'm picking. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. There you and go. Base better than LA's. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Emily, if I had control of the podcast this week, this would have been the last game that we pick. I would have been playing these buttons nonstop after nonstop after nonstop after nonstop. Tyler, what's Tyler's favorite team, producer Emily? And the base better than LA's. No, no, no. What's the other favorite team that Tyler? Has? I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. Yeah, you know, I think that's his favorite team. You know, the one Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards Alaire. You know what I'm saying? Travis, Kelsey. What's what's your favorite team again, Tyler? I'm going to pick well, the Chiefs again. Almost. They win almost every week. They win almost every uh, week. I did, pick, I did pick the Bills to beat them last you week. You did, and I picked the You're Chiefs. Forget I, about was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, you so. picked against the Chiefs? I can't believe you picked, picked against the Chiefs I last week. I picked against the Chiefs. I got to be, but I gotta this be week, objective, Sophie. But this week, but this week, you're picking I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. again. Wow. Um, and where's that game, I, producer I, Emily? Do you know where that game is? It's better than that way. Yeah, I think that game is in San Francisco, right? It's not in Los Angeles where Tyler was just two games. It's in San Francisco, his favorite city in California, right, producer? Emily? The base better than LA's. I'm never going to be able to go back to Southern California again and show my face. Aaron Donald doesn't want to see me when I go to Southern California, bro. Wow. Yeah, we need to play Soffit sound. <laughs> oh, I, I need it. Aaron Donald to hear what Soffit has said. You know what? It's the thing. It's the buttons, Tyler. You got to scroll down a little more to get those buttons where I oh. say it. But your buttons are right next to each other. And it's great for production mm. purposes. I, I think this is why you never cross west of the Mississippi. And this is why. This is why I have protection. LA because you you don't want got, to be near Aaron. Donald. I got I'll tell you that right now. See, 
I got protection on the East Coast, Tyler. <laughs> Up and down the East Coast. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs in the in this game, Tyler. Um, I'm not ready to bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes either. Let's let's get that soundbite created too. I love the 49ers defense, but if Nick Bosa doesn't play with a groin injury, I think uh, I think the Chiefs run wild. I like how you say it as if that soundbite is going to magically appear. You have to say it with emphasis. I can't magically make your voice say, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes either. So I just, I can't make that happen. You have to, you have to happen because otherwise these things, they come, they come organically. You had that barbecue, got you feeling a certain way. They they come (laughs) organically. So I just, if there's any buttons missing... It's we got you. a new one. It's is that a new you. one, producer Emily? It is a new one. Is that one. a new it one? Is, it's wow. a new one, but we're going to have to explore more later because we do have to wrap here. So let's end with the Steelers at the Dolphins, the Sunday night game. Safed, who do you have in this game? I'll be at this game, Tyler. It's going to be Tua Tungabailoa's comeback from a concussion. Uh, I'm not sure if he's coming back too early. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably would have came back earlier if there wasn't so much scrutiny under two in the Dolphins since he sustained a concussion against the Bengals on September 29th. But uh, more than 20 days is probably going to pass since Tua played. He's excited to come back. The Dolphins players are excited to see him come back. I like their defense against Kenny Pickett. Um, the Steelers stole a win last week, right? But I don't think they're going to get one in Miami. I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Steelers in this one, Tyler. I want to pick the Steelers just to go against you, but they're going to be without their best defensive player in TJ Watt. Again. And I don't trust Kenny Pickett. Uh, even if he gets injured again, I surely don't trust Mr. Binsky. <laughs> and it's going to be in Miami. I got, I got the Dolphins one. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here on It's a Football Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition uh, if you haven't already, guys, please download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. Remember, guys, it's our sports-only app with USA Today. You can pick your favorite teams and have news and updates come right to your phone. And remember, guys, we want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Saga!